0: Why do we feed birds? It's a question that Daryl Jones, the author of The Birds at My Table, Why We Feed Wild Birds and Why It Matters, and also a professor at uh, the Environmental Futures Research Institute in Griffith University in Australia. uh, It's a question that he attends to in his book and that has fascinated him for a long time. And so we are going to bring him in and find out all about bird feeding, uh, its origins, its nature, its humanity. And uh, yeah, we'll see what he has to say. So uh, welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. All right. Well, welcome, Daryl. I uh, appreciate you getting up so early in the morning over there in Australia and joining us. Uh, it's not too early. I, I was up much earlier feeding the birds, so I mean, <laughs> I'm ready to go. So that's, uh, that's a, a, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better segue. So uh, you, were, you were up early feeding the the birds, which makes me think that you've been doing this for a while. But how did you get into this, uh, this whole topic that your book covers?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question, Martin. Um, uh, it, it really started with research. I'm someone at university professor and uh and my world is urban ecology and so i was studying some birds around my city here in australia uh, and we were just doing a really basic uh what what do the parent birds bring to their chicks thing and I've, I've done lots of lots of animal behavior studies like this and we started to notice that there was it wasn't the usual thing we had telescopes on the on the nest but they weren't just bringing grubs and grasshoppers and all that sort of stuff all the time they will so bringing something that we couldn't quite kind of work out but eventually we tracked it down to some some feeders um, nearby to these nests and and they were these were the the bird is it's worth saying this the bird was an australian magpie which is not like north american magpies at all Uh, it's a special thing but it's it's a big crow-sized bird that eats insects mostly from the ground uh but they're very common in cities in australia and and we were trying to figure out what they were eating, and we we tracked them down to where they were coming from, and they were put. People were putting out food for the for these magpies, but this was really it's really shocking, probably to people from other parts of the world. But the food they were putting out was meat, oh. because these birds eat worms and grubs and things, and so seed just doesn't work. And if you want to attract this bird, uh, you've got to put out meat. So they were putting out ground beef and chopped up heart and Ham and all kinds of things. What? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and this was—I'm glad you exclaimed in that <laughs> way because that's what we did as well. Then, um, so that made me think, oh, gee, this is strange. Um, I hadn't realised this was going on, and and that kicked off quite a lot of work. First of all, just ecological work, finding out. Well, wait a minute—is this just these magpies, or is it common? And it turned out to be very common we subsequently discovered that magpies were the most commonly fed bird in the whole of Australia. They, everybody, well, you know, all the people that feed birds love to feed magpies. They are very hospitable and they tame really easily. And and you get a big reward from having these big, gorgeous birds, which have an incredible call. That's one of the most wonderful calls. And they'll sing at you from a meter away. Um, And that's amazing. So, That's kind of where it really began. And and then I started to realise just the extent to which people out there were putting out food, not just meat for the magpies, but all the different sorts of things that were going on. And that's where it really started and uh, kicked off for really more than a decade now of very intensive work all around the world. Um, I've been investigating this everywhere I can.
0: I am, I I don't normally, uh, I try very hard when I'm doing these podcasts to not, uh, make any noises when when you know my interviewee is talking right so i couldn't help myself i've never heard of this this is fascinating this is a whole nother level of bird feeding i mean is this North- is this just an australian thing
1: it, it's an australian thing because the types of bird this is worth worth saying so the book that we are kind of vaguely talking about here is very <laughs> international it covers the entire world absolutely so don't don't think it's all about australian birds it's just where it began but it began here because for a bunch of reasons and one of them was they're feeding meat to the birds i mean i knew what was going on around the rest of the world and it's you know 99 seed mm-hmm. seed seed feeding does happen here obviously but it it depends on what birds you have different parts of the world have different types of birds that you can attract and we generally simply don't have the little cute little insect um seed eating birds like you do you know you don't have the chickadees in the Mm -hmm. states or the or the uh blue and great tits in 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 europe those little birds just we don't have them we have these big birds and some of them eat meat and if you're the if you really want to attract the most popular bird in Australia, you do need to eat meat. So that contrast was one of the reasons that I got into this. Um, I should just say peripherally that um, I n- am now aware that in, the, in England, yeah. there is a large number of people in, in a certain part of England who feed red kites, big birds oh,
0: of prey cool. in yeah. their
1: backyards. It's extraordinary,
0: yeah. <laughs> which is something
1: I discovered in the process of doing this work.
0: This is fascinating. I, I mean, this is just opening up a whole new <laughs> areas. Of, I mean, you've probably given me 15 qu- If we had two hours, we'd be all right. But, um, I think, so, okay. So I, I just have to get my head around this a little bit. Give me a moment. So, um, you got into this, it seems logical to me now that you would get absolutely fascinated by this, given, given that exact experience. Um, and I was gonna ask you why bird feeding is important, but, but I think I wanna start with, why do people do this?
1: Oh, that's a really, that's a fundamental question. Um, it's, and it's very complex. So I'm an ecologist, a red blooded ecologist who tried to um, study so that I could go as far away into the, uh, into the woods as far as I could, could from people and study real animals. Mm-hmm. I'm an urban ecologist these days. I live in a city and I don't know whether you've noticed, but cities are full of people. And if you, you, you can't get away from people, you, you simply can't. And well, you know, the people feeding the birds is the perfect combination of the two things that we're doing. So I have found myself um, becoming much more of a social scientist. And lots of the research that I've done most recently has been delving into this um, strange world of the motivations for people to do it. Um, so, and, and I, it, it's complicated. There's lots of, lots of stories and papers out there you can read about it, but I can summarise it fairly simply. People absolutely love to feed birds. Um, firstly, because it just gives them immense pleasure. It's it's an enjoyable activity. That's not news. You wouldn't do it all the time if you didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But there is, it becomes suddenly after that, it becomes much more profound and, and complex. So um, in various parts of the world, people are feeding, as well as just enjoying it, they are feeding because they they think or they may be actually assisting the bird so it probably goes back to the traditional origin story of where this comes from and that tends to be helping poor starving cold birds in winter uh, in a in a place where it's cold Mm. and who can resist the you know the the clearly distressed birds on the windowsill it's freezing there's snow everywhere there's no food what are you going to do you'll reach out and assist them in some way so that's you know that that seems to be this this traditional um way it started and and that, that has continued so these days that persists that sentiment persists in the sense of habitat destruction we've destroyed so much of the world we've we've really de- badly affected the the habitats in which birds live and so this is some way that i an individual can give something back to the wild animals around me so you know it's and and, and it's it's as strong as atonement people really in their own words say you know humans have done such damage i'm trying to do something back Mm. so you know it quickly becomes profoundly important for people and and you and i can't underestimate you you, one can't underestimate the the passion and the intensity with which people many people engage in this this thing so it's a very for these people it's very very important part of their lives
0: right so i i have two two sort of follow up questions uh, and I'll ask them both and you can deal with them however you wish. So one, is this worldwide or is this more of a sort of um, Western, uh, you know, uh, phenomenon, if you like, or well, maybe that's not the right term, more, uh, I think, you know, Australia, England, Europe, US kind of thing. Um the exactly. first question. And then the second question um, is, why Why is this, and maybe it's not, but why is this a bird thing and not just animals in general? Because I don't think, do people feed, I mean, do people put out feed for you know, other wildlife? I mean, I guess they do, squirrels and stuff, but it seems to be a bird thing more. Is that fair or is that it, it, way okay, off? Let, let's
1: start with the, the last question first. Um, it is overwhelming, overwhelmingly a bird thing, and that's pretty much simply because birds are everywhere they are tameable they come in they're colorful they're they're cute all those kinds of things it's birds because birds are already there and they're available and they're looking for food and so it's not necessarily an an anti-mammal thing it's just that the most of mostly the birds that respond to feeders are birds Mm. but there are many people around the world who feed all sorts of things um one of the things I discovered was there's a whole almost secret society of hedgehog feeders in, in Great Britain
0: <laughs> who uh, that had sneak to out be in England that had to be
1: <laughs> absolutely I, I should also one of the truly bizarre things that I discovered that in the centre of London you know that little village London <laughs> there are there are people who intentionally, at night, in the dark, because people don't want to be seen doing this, they're feeding the foxes in the, in the streets of London. Well, you know, in the back streets yeah. of London. So, wow. So it, it, it is, so it is primarily a bird thing, and you can see, you can understand why. They're conspicuous, yeah. Yeah. they're easy, everybody loves them. There is still a bit of mammal feeding going on. There, are, there is reptile feeding. But, you know, in terms of the overall proportion of what animals get fed, it's utterly and absolutely overwhelmingly birds Hmm.
0: so yeah so back to the your first
1: question was is it is it pretty much a western thing it it really is it's a it's a western european thing largely so it's it's north america parts of europe and that's really interesting it's northern europe great britain germany but not southern europe um or anything like that uh in in africa it's fascinating the only place where West where uh, people feed birds is where Europeans live. Um, oh. So it's you know it's something that we've taken around the world with us.
0: Huh. Mm. That is just yeah that is fa- absolutely fascinating. Um, so I, we really we're gonna we're gonna do a second podcast for sure because uh, <laughs> there's just there are a thousand questions and and people really now absolutely listening to this podcast have to go out and buy this book because. I'm guessing you answer a lot of these other questions, but um, if you could give us, as in the, the non-expert and the sort of general bird feeder or want to be bird feeder, a piece of advice, in other words, what do you think we should know or do um, in terms of bird feeding that we don't know or don't do at this point? Okay, all right. So... That's just a, a little question you've given me there. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. you know, I, I, what, would, what I would say straight away is that this, this is, it seems to be my feeder in my backyard and that's it. You know, I go, to the, I go to the store, I get some stuff, I put it out, the birds come, end of story. It's not like that. It's because of the sheer scale of this. So you've got to remember that in all those countries we've just mentioned, between a third and a half of all the households in all of those countries now, you're talking many, many millions of people. All of those people, the scale of it is absolutely extraordinary, and yet everybody's con- only focusing on their own backyard. When you connect them all up, as they are connected by the birds that will come to my place and then to the neighbor's place and then maybe even the people across the town,
0: mm-hmm. they're
1: all connected up. As, because the birds are moving between the feeders, they're not just coming to my place or your place they're connecting up so that is both fascinating ecologically but dangerously dangerous that's not the best to put it um, it's because if something goes wrong as does happen as as there has been really catastrophic disease outbreaks they just spread from place to place with extraordinary efficiency and so we have to be really careful so the the first thing is to to appreciate the scale and the global nature of this whole thing. It's continent-wide, so the people in New York and Ithaca and everywhere else that where, the, where listeners are listening to this, this conversation are connected up with everybody else who's got a feeder. Hmm. What that immediately tells you is you have a very, very important uh, responsibility as the host of the birds that come. The birds that come to your feeder, and you know the birds called the book's called the birds at my table. It's really trying to get around the get around that the issue that I am a host of wild creatures. They don't need to come, but they do. I've got to ensure that they're they're getting the best possible food, nutrition-wise, and health-wise. I've got to keep it absolutely clean so that there's almost no chance of, of disease being spread. So it's the responsibility of the host is one of the really strong things I'm trying to get across.
0: I I mean, that is, uh, okay, so how does one keep their bird feeding area clean and healthy for the birds?
1: It's very hard to say because everybody's
0: situation and geography will be be
1: fairly different. The feeder I have, for example, is a flat surface, so the bird's, stand on the place where the food is mm-hmm. so that's a. i've got to absolutely make sure that on a daily basis that's you know completely clean washed mm-hmm. off everything like yep. that probably the majority of feeders though are these um vertical cylinders which which hang down um, mm-hmm. and that's less of a problem because faeces and and all those sorts of things uh, fall straight down onto the ground below mm-hmm. um, nonetheless you've, we've got to remember that there's a lot of birds and mammals so squirrels and and vermin and m- mice and rats and native animals as well all feed from the fallen seed mm. and they can be doing just as much that, that can be just as much an issue as the birds above so we have to be really careful and conscious of where the feed the, the leftover feed and the feces and all that sort of stuff is ending up beneath the beneath the uh the feeder so probably what everybody needs needs to do is just go away and look now at their feeder and say how can I make sure that this is as clean as possible, the entire environment, because I really don't want to be spreading any disease.
0: So there are like millions of people, hopefully listening to this podcast, of course, uh, who are now running out to their bird feeders to, to check on that. But I, I, I really hope so. Yes. Me too. Because um, if we get a million listeners, I'm really happy. No? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do, I, I, you, you said, and maybe I didn't comprehend this properly, but I just want to clarify. You said between a third at a half of the homes in western north, northwestern Europe and the United States and Australia, that's how many people are bird feeding? Absolutely. So, you know, that, that, and that's one of the reasons
1: I sat down and thought, I'm, I have to write a book of because people simply don't realise it. It, it. it comes back to the, I concentrate on my birds at my feeder and maybe I share a, a story about the birds that came yesterday to somebody else. You have no idea of the scale of this thing. And it's not just the number of people. That's astonishing in itself. Yeah. And, and, and I do have one definition which is important to state here. Lots of people do just discard leftovers from the meal onto the back, back lawn. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. It's got to be, in order to qualify as a bird feeder from my perspective, you have to spend money on bird food um, that you intend to feed to wild birds. So yes. it's not just scraps. It's not just um you know the uh the, the 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 chick chips to the seagulls kind of thing at all so it's, it's the bird people who feed birds um but the other the scale is is the enormous scale of this thing so one, one of the things that totally astonishes almost everybody is that almost none of the food that is provided for all of those birds anywhere in the world almost none of it was ever part of the natural diet of those birds. The things yeah. that we feed them, and that they eat beautifully and love, it and love to eat, none of that's natural. It's, none of it is normal part of their diet. Um, it's completely additional to their normal diet. Um, and so, but, but it, the, despite the gigantic quantities, it's still all eaten. And that's, that is having an absolutely enormous ecological effect. All that food is, must be doing something. And that's one of the things I was trying to track down. What is the effect of all that food going? What, what's happening to the local bird communities? Is it changing their shape? Which birds are, are being advantaged by it? Because not all birds come to feeders, of course. We get feeders if the feed, feeder birds come to feeders and none of the, none of the rest mm-hmm. come. Um, all, all sorts of questions arise straight away from this. So,
0: uh, I mean, so you say that and the first thing, that two things bump into my mind, right? One, this has to be changing uh bird habits i would assume and two are are you seeing things and maybe i'm wrong so correct me if i am in a moment but and then are you seeing things like an increase in certain insect populations because birds are eating other things
1: um that's that's one of the things that isn't well studied um there has been one of one of the things that is known is that not an increase in in birds eating seed. So so the, the the point is, birds tend to be either seed eaters or insect eaters okay. or fruit eaters or fish eaters, you know. And so when it comes to feeders, primarily we're feeding birds that primarily eat seed. Gotcha. Having said that, every bird, no matter whether it's a, as a, an adult only eats fruit, for example, all baby birds must be fed insects. So feeders don't affect mostly, they don't affect Baby birds, the ones mm-hmm. in the nests, it's primarily for the adults because all the ad- all the f- parent birds have to go and find grubs and worms and whatever they can find in the way of insect food for their chicks, the chicks growing up. So, but what has what does happen is even the feeder birds, even the grain eating birds, still eat a lot of insects as well because you often don't get enough protein from mm-hmm. the seed itself. Okay. And so, one of the really useful and and I think relieving is, aspects is that even though it may be, you may appear to be keeping a whole ecosystem full of birds going at your feeder, the really important news is that the amount of food that go into, going into those individual birds is actually a tiny fraction of their daily diet. Uh, we, we aren't feeding them all the food they need, thank goodness, because we would never get it right. <laughs> they know exactly what they need in terms of nutrition. So they come to us for a snack, They come for a, and we enjoy that thoroughly. And then they fly off, and thankfully spend the rest of their day eating natural food, whatever that might be for whatever that species is. So, so if I come to a conclusion, and it's the last lines in this book, and it's it's this is something that people may not want to hear, but it is that the feeders are for us; they're not for the birds. (laughs) But, But the birds don't mind; they still come, and we thoroughly enjoy them. But we have to face the fact that this whole gigantic industry of billions of people is about people and about people being really enjoying it. Well, that's that. that, Yeah, go on. (laughs) (laughs) Now what I was just going to say, that's actually profoundly important because I, I also make the claim I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle this activity in any way because I actually make the claim that this is probably the most important, direct, intimate connection that people have these days to the wild, to nature. Even yeah. if you're living in a, a little a, a little you know an apartment in the middle of a big city, you can still have wild birds come and visit you, which is a profound experience
0: right well i was going I was going to give you like a parting shot right like you know uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the the big takeaway sort of thing but you, you, you nailed that because um that is fascinating. I love that idea i mean it's a strange idea in many ways, right but it's uh the fact that we do it. Subconsciously, or not even with awareness, that we're doing it mainly for ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, Daryl. Okay, well, I think we probably do need to honestly schedule a follow up at some point because uh, I feel as though, you know, we give people the books. Obviously, uh, publishing officially next month. Some people probably are already getting copies in their hands, but I almost like I almost want to give people a chance to delve into it a little bit. And then maybe we come back and uh, do a deep dive and get into some of the nitty gritty. More than happy. I'm very happy to do that in- in, in Wonderful, wonderful. Let's do that. Okay. In the meantime, thank you for getting up. Well, thank you for uh, pausing from feeding the birds to chat (laughs) with us. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. Thanks. No problems whatsoever. That was Daryl Jones. Professor and Deputy Director at the Environmental Futures Research Institute at Griffith University in Australia. Daryl is the author of The Birds at My Table, Why We Feed Wild Birds and Why It Matters. We're going to give you a 30% discount code to use on our website. So if you visit cornellpress.cornell.edu and you use the code 09POD when you uh, put this book into your cart you will get 30% off. So, uh, again, visit our website, use that code, save some money. It's a great book. Buy it. (laughs) Um, In the meantime, you can uh, follow Daryl on Twitter. He is at Magpie, M-A-G-P-I-E, Jones, J-O-N-E-S-D. So follow him on Twitter, see what he has to say. You can follow me, at Martin Beeny, M-A-R-T-Y-N-B-E-E-N-Y. If you like this podcast, uh, say nice things on SoundCloud or iTunes, give us a, a rating, uh, share as widely as you can. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast.